is Radio Health Journal. I'm Nancy Benson. This week, why mistaking a complex mid-foot injury with a simple sprain happens so often. It's the second most common injury in malpractice litigation against radiologists and emergency room physicians. Liz Frank injuries. No one is immune. When Radio Health Journal returns. I'm Reed Pence, the producer and host of Radio Health Journal. If you like listening to Radio Health Journal, you'll also like our sister show, Viewpoints, which covers a wide array of topics from education to history to the environment. Here's a preview of what they're covering this week on Viewpoints. Too many people are going to Europe with a selfie stick and an Instagram agenda, and they're not even connecting with the culture and the people, and they're not even changing. Travel should change you. That's a beautiful thing. Making the most of your getaway once it's safe to travel again. Then... Nobody has definitively answered who done it. The 1896 murder that echoes through modern law. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Listen to Radio Health Journal and Viewpoints on your favorite radio station. And subscribe and listen anytime on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Health Journal. Our feet are made up of many different bones and joints. One is called the Liz Frank Joint. It helps us move around from day to day. The Lewis Frank joint is essentially the apex of your foot. It's right in the middle part of your foot. And it's kind of the area that helps to propel and provide stability whenever you move from side to side. That's Dr. Mark Hardy of the Balanced Foot and Ankle Wellness Center in Lakewood, Ohio. Football and soccer players most frequently suffer from midfoot Liz Frank injuries, but they can happen to anyone. You see it in everyone. It's a rare injury. About one in 55,000 to 60,000 people will sustain a Liz Frank injury. You see it a lot in athletes just because of the nature of the sport. But you also see it in motor vehicle accidents. You see it in industrial accidents. You see it in the average person who sprains their foot in a hole in the yard. If you're suffering from midfoot pain, bruising, or swelling, and it's been going on a while, you might want to see a foot specialist. People often make the mistake of simply walking off what they think is an ankle or foot sprain. But if you've injured your Liz Frank joint, it's a must to have it treated. One of the things that we recognize when patients come in and relate an ankle sprain is they don't often know the difference between an ankle sprain and a foot sprain. We always evaluate from the toes up toward the knee to make sure that what they perceived as an ankle sprain is not this Liz Frank injury because it can have long-term consequences from arthritis to chronic pain to the need for surgical intervention. Patients aren't the only ones mistaking Liz Frank injuries for simple sprains. Even doctors in emergency rooms may mistake them. Most physicians that don't have an experience in foot and ankle injuries often miss it. Interestingly enough, it's the second most common injury in malpractice litigation against radiologists and emergency room physicians, just because it's an easy injury to miss due to all the bones that comprise that part of the foot. Sort of an important point with this injury is that most doctors, even in the emergency room, they're not really familiar with the injury or how significant the injury really is. So when the x-ray comes back normal, they'll tell the patient, oh, you just have a simple sprain of your foot. 
here, you know, you have the foot and ankle specialist here at IBJI. We're always looking out for this injury, and it's not uncommon that a patient will come from the emergency room thinking they just have a sprain, and then we tell them how significant this injury really is, and they're actually quite surprised. That's Dr. Brian Waxman, an orthopedic surgeon at Illinois Bone and Joint Institute. He says that although this unique injury is not extremely common, it can have a serious impact on a patient. It's a significant injury in that the long-term problems related to it can be very significant. So at the end of the day, you know, almost all of orthopedic stuff, it's about pain. So when people have this injury, they're just at a much higher incidence of having pain swelling and such down the road. And if the diagnosis isn't made and it's mistreated, the incidence of developing post-traumatic arthritis becomes much greater. So how are Liz Frank injuries treated? Well, that depends on the degree of the injury. There's multiple ligaments that stabilize these bones together that comprise the Liz Frank joint. So you can have a spectrum of injury from a simple sprain to a fracture and a dislocation of that joint. And just like with other sprains and dislocations of the ankle or the hand or the wrist or the shoulder, some can be treated with a walking boot or a cast, ice, elevation, over-the-counter medications. And those on the other end of the spectrum are often treated with some type of surgical stabilization whether that's with pins or screws or plates or a combination thereof. There are some things you may want to consider if you have a Liz Frank injury and you're thinking about surgery. For example, different careers might require more aggressive treatment. If there's any separation of the bones more than one to two millimeters, it's going to require surgery to fix. Normally, in most things, orthopedically, one to two millimeters isn't that significant. But in midfoot or Liz Frank injuries, two millimeters is a huge amount. So anything more than one to two millimeters is going to require surgery. Usually this is done with either small plates or screws. Higher energy injuries, car accidents, jumping off of a roof, that kind of thing, where there's significant displacement and often there's fractures associated with it, often actually require a primary fusion of the midfoot in order to prevent the long-term problems. These types of procedures, these surgeries are often outpatient. So you come in, you go home that day. Depending on the degree of injury and dislocation and fractures that are involved, it may range from four to six weeks of non-weight-bearing on that particular limb to two to three months of non-weight-bearing. And then that's usually followed by custom orthotics, physical therapy, and then the functional return to what their pre-injury level was. Surgical options can be intimidating. However, foot and ankle specialists often encourage them. Even if they're treated perfectly and the anatomy is perfectly restored, there's still about a 25% chance of developing arthritis in the joint, even correctly treated. So if it's missed and it's not treated and there is widening, and it's not surgically corrected, that incidence of arthritis goes just through the roof. And above about a five millimeters of displacement of the bones, if not corrected, there's probably approaching 100% chance of developing you know, arthritic symptoms. Although it's hard to completely avoid Liz Frank injuries, it's one sprain you never want to have. Here are some tips on how to prevent them from happening. Wearing good supportive shoes, being mindful of the activities you participate in. Sometimes it just chalk it up to bad luck with these injuries. But I think shoe gear is very important. 
And, you know, if it's a shoe that you can place in both hands and easily fold on top of itself, not a good shoe for most of us. So it places us at greater risk. And then I think also just not turning a blind eye to what may seem like a simple foot sprain or ankle sprain. If it's something that lasts for several days or more than a week, it definitely behooves all of us to get in and have it checked out by a foot and ankle specialist. You can find out more about all our guests on our website, radiohealthjournal.net. You'll find archives of our shows there as well as on iTunes and Stitcher. Our writer this week is Ariana Kraft. Our studio producer is Jason Dickey. I'm Nancy Benson. Radio Health Journal returns in just a moment. Detecting the brain changes of Alzheimer's disease before symptoms appear can be done today only through expensive PET scans or spinal fluid tests. But researchers are homing in on a simple, inexpensive blood test that might spot changes up to 20 years before symptoms appear. Multiple studies presented at the Alzheimer's Association International Conference 2020 show that specific proteins are detectable in the blood as early as age 25 that correspond to the buildup of toxic tangles in the brain. Dr. Maria Carrillo is Chief Science Officer of the Alzheimer's Association. These are early results, but they are encouraging. There is an urgent need for simple, inexpensive, and non-invasive diagnostic tools for Alzheimer's. An early blood test would allow people with Alzheimer's and those at risk to plan for the future, and it could speed drug development by identifying the right people for clinical trials. Dr. Carrillo says the tests require further large-scale studies before they can be made widely available. Find out more at ALZ.org. And that's Radio Health Journal for this week. Radio Health Journal is a production of MediaTracks Communications. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more. And check Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify for a library of past programs. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and information about our guests at RadioHealthJournal.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Radio Health Journal. Coming up next week on Radio Health Journal. We can be better and better prepared. So are we going to have every threat have a drug and a vaccine and a diagnostic for every threat? That'd be a tall order. But boy, we should have a lot more of them. Preparing for the next pandemic. Then, what medical care really means in the poorest of countries. Patients that would easily be diagnosed and treated die what we call stupid deaths, deaths that would never have happened if the patient had just been born someplace else. All that and more on Radio Health Journals.